On today's episode, Seth Jones is up next on my Chicago Blackhawks season previews. I'll talk about what will make this year successful for Jones, the role that I expect him to have, and I'll also take a guess at what numbers I think he'll be putting up. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your week. And as always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and check me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all of the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also, per usual, quick reminder to go and smash that like button for me. Go and comment down below as well. And subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. The start of the regular season is just over two weeks away. Connor Bedard will be making his highly anticipated NHL debut in 15 days, I believe, uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins, if my math is correct. Don't test me on that. But it's coming up. We're closing in, and you're going to want to be sure that you're subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube to get all caught up on everything regarding Bedard and the Chicago Blackhawks. If you're listening to the audio version of today's episode, make sure if you're a daily listener and you like what you're hearing on a daily basis to go and leave me a review. I would greatly appreciate that as well. And go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram for some other cool content stuff regarding mostly our wonder child, Connor Bedard is yes. Again, we are closing in on the start of the 2023, 2024 NHL campaign. But what I want to open up today's show with first is a little bit of an apology for my voice. Uh, I hope everyone out there had themselves quite a lovely weekend because I know certainly that I did. Um, a good friend of mine got married on Saturday. Once again, congratulations to the Bianchis. And yeah, it was a fabulous wedding, fabulous ceremony and everything. And some out there may be saying uh, we had too good of a time. So I do apologize. I hope I'm not breaking everyone's ears out there by coming in a little raspier than normal, but uh, I appreciate you all bearing with that, uh, bearing through that alongside me. But what I want to open up the show with today, as you all know by the title of today's episode and by the thumbnail already, is none other than my next Chicago Blackhawks season preview. And Connor Bedard had the luxury of going first. If you haven't checked that out already, you can easily do so on my YouTube channel. Make sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. But next up is the Blackhawks' top defenseman in Seth Jones, who is entering his third season here in Chicago, his 11th NHL season already, believe it or not, as he's going to be uh, turning 29 in just a couple of weeks. But obviously, it's been a little bit of a polarizing start here in Chicago, a polarizing first couple of seasons, Um, some ups, some downs, some fans love him, a lot of fans hate him. It really feels like there's no in-between, but regardless of how you feel about Seth Jones, Make no mistake about it, how he plays on the ice, it hasn't been too meaningful for the Blackhawks in his first two seasons because those were tanking teams that were expected to lose. But his play on the ice undoubtedly is going to get more and more important and more and more crucial for the success of the Chicago Blackhawks as they try to take the next steps here in this rebuild. But the first thing 
I want to uh, open things up with regarding Seth Jones. Funny enough, the, the trade for Seth Jones almost kind of kickstarted everything. And uh, when I was kind of going through a preview and looking back at everything, just kind of realizing how the Seth Jones trade is really what kind of began this whole thing when Stan Bowman was still in charge. And that's really when he made that final send to make the Blackhawks competitive and ultimately didn't work out. Jeremy Colleton got canned early on in the year and the thing was over really before it even got started. But uh, that all kind of started with the Seth Jones trade. You know, it bumped the Blackhawks down in the 2021 draft, left them without a first round pick in 2022. Hence, you know, Kyle Davidson ultimately trading uh, Alex Dabrinka to the Ottawa Senators. Kirby Dock to the Montreal Canadiens, and that's when really the tumbleweed effect happened with the Blackhawks rebuild. Dylan Strome doesn't get a qualifying offer, um, doesn't get brought back. Patrick Kane, obviously, and Jonathan Taves, that's a whole other conversation. Um, but it all kind of really began with the Seth Jones trade, funny enough. Um, and I know this hasn't been a situation that he wants to be in, and it probably hasn't been fun these last two years, but they're is a lot of opportunity right here, right now, here in Chicago, and he's going to be a very big part of it. The first thing I want to talk about here, getting into Seth Jones' season preview, is the role that he's expected to have. Obviously, I talked about this with Connor Bedard. Um, in a similar sense, just obviously a different position, Seth Jones is going to be playing a lot of hockey for the Chicago Blackhawks once again this year because he's going to be the right-hand staple of the top defensive pairing, um, and I expect him probably to be among the league leaders in time on ice once again. Maybe not, you know, the crazy numbers that he had in his first season here with Chicago, but um, probably something similar to what we saw out of him last year, 23, 24 minutes per night. Sometimes when he's really got it going or they need him in certain situations more, he can play more than that, obviously, but he, he's going to be the anchor of the Blackhawks defense on the right-hand side all season long. What I am really curious to see from, Seth Jones this season, though, is will he be the quarterback on the top power play unit if Kevin Korchinski winds up making the team? Um, that's going to obviously create an interesting dynamic. And even if Korchinski is only here for eight, nine, 10 games, whatever it may be, to burn that first year of his uh, entry level deal, is he going to be getting the opportunities with the top guys with Connor Bedard, or is that still going to go to Seth Jones? When Korchinski if he isn't around, that is still going to be Seth, Seth Jones's role, I firmly believe. But that is going to make for a, a little bit more of an interesting dynamic that we should keep an eye on throughout training camp as well. Um, but another interesting part of Seth Jones's role, obviously he's going to have to be looked at more and more as a leader. Um, and that's already kind of started here in Chicago, right? That's one thing that's been talked about with Seth over the last year is how uh, he's taken those next steps in being a leader, but particularly with a lot of young defensemen coming up and, um, you know, a guy like Wyatt Kaiser, who's getting an opportunity early on with him in camp, he's going to have to be a good veteran leader and a guidance kind of support system as he's, you know, trying to get his um, first full NHL season under his belt. Same with Korchinski. If he gets those opportunities, Alex Vlasic, Isaac Phillips, Ethan Del Mastro, the list goes on and on and on. He's really going to be him and Connor Murphy are kind of, you know, the two guys that um, are the staples in the core of this defensive group that are really going to be looked on as key. I don't want to call them like father figures, but almost, you know, in, in a similar sense, kind of just teaching these guys the ropes and the ins and outs and the do's and don'ts and what it takes and all that good stuff. Um, so that's obviously going to be a very important part of Seth Jones's role this year, especially when it's looking like, 
He's in a situation where he's going to be playing with some young left-handed defensemen for the more majority of the season, or whoever it may be, whether it's Kaiser or not, it's still probably going to be a young left-handed defenseman. So I think that's going to be very important for his role, not only, you know, being the number one defenseman on this team, the guy who's going to be playing in the most situations and playing the most minutes, um, but also how he handles playing alongside those young guys and making sure he's not putting them in tough situations and allowing them to kind of be, be confident and be free and help them throughout the entire process. So that's definitely one important thing that I wanted to bring up about Seth Jones's role. And before I kind of dive into more of the, what I expect from him this season, I wanted to go back to give a reflection of what he's done here in Chicago so far. I wanted to go through his statistics real quick here before I take a stab at them uh, of my own in segment two in a moment as well. In 21-22, Seth Jones actually put up really good numbers, some of the best numbers that he had put up in years. Um, and that was mostly due to finding a lot of success late in the season out there on the power play unit with Patrick Kane, Alex DeBrinkett, Dylan Strom. He had a really solid season offensively, but a lot of people cling to the negatives defensively and uh, the minus uh, 37 plus minus that I think is just ridiculous that people stick to. But in 78 games, Jones had five goals, 46 assists, which was a career high and 51 points, which was uh, the second most in his career as well. The huge thing that stood out, though, was an issue was the goal scoring that was down in particular. And Jones also had zero power play goals and infamously Neither did any Blackhawks defensemen for the entirety of the season. They had no power play goals from a defenseman the entire year, believe it or not. As a result, Jones shot 2.6%. That's the second lowest of his uh, 10-year NHL career. But he did average 26 minutes and 13 seconds. He was used an awful lot by uh, interim head coach Derek King there for uh, most of the year after Colleton got fired. And then last season, uh, he did score 12 goals, bounce back in a big way in that department. That's tied for the second most in his career. But the assist numbers were down. He only had 25 of them, which led to a 37-point production. Um, but to be fair, I think, you know, while people critiqued that, even Patrick Kane had a really down season. This Blackhawks offense as a whole was never really consistent. The power play was not a threat. Um, that really hurt Seth Jones's numbers in a big way. Was also a minus 38 again, which look, don't get me wrong, uh, it's not a good look whatsoever. But when you're playing as the number one defenseman on one of the worst teams in hockey, those things are going to kind of happen. Two power play goals would like to see that number go up a little bit more. But I did like to see that the shooting percentage went back up to 6.7%. That's actually the second highest of his career. So don't know if he's going to be able to quite find that clip once again. But I do think he's going to be getting a lot more opportunities. And he averaged 24 minutes and 27 seconds of time on ice. Again, I think that's kind of a little bit closer to what I expect for him in terms of his ice time on a nightly basis. But it is good to know that he's obviously capable of racking up those minutes and um, playing 26, 27 if we need to on a nightly basis. So just as a little bit of an outline before I take a stab at Jones's numbers, there is what he has done in his first two seasons with the Blackhawks. All right, folks, coming up in just a moment, don't go anywhere. Like I said, I'll be getting into the expectations and the numbers that I believe Seth Jones will put up for the Blackhawks this season. But first, I need to talk to you all about bird dogs. And if you're looking for fit, comfort, and versatility, then versatility, excuse me, then look no further than Bird Dogs. And I personally love their stretchy fabric that makes me extra comfortable in both their shorts and their pants. And they really do give me the freedom that I need to wear them wherever, whether that's out there on the golf course or if I'm going to have um, 
a nicer lunch or a nicer dinner with someone, or even if I'm just lounging around with friends, wanting to be comfy on the couch, watching the Chicago bears stink up the joint. Like I did yesterday. Um, I personally love bird dogs. They are the comfiest clothes in the game. And I'm not someone who really likes dressing up nice. I'm not necessarily the most fashionable person in the world, but I can wear bird dogs, feel confident in the way I look while still remaining comfortable. They combine comfort and uh, fashion. So make sure to go and check out bird dogs. You can do so uh, at birddogs.com and go at, go to slash lockdown NHL. And when you enter the promo code lockdown NHL in all caps, they will also throw in a free custom bird dogs, white tech hat with every single order. Again, to do that, just use the promo code lockdown NHL to get a free white hat of every single order at birddogs.com slash lockdown bird dogs, the comfiest shorts and pants in the game. All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, make sure to smash the like button, comment down below, and sub to the channel if you have not done so already. Start of the season is right around the corner. This is the one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. You're going to want to be subscribed to it. Again, subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. A lot of cool short clips that I've been posting there. And I greatly appreciate all your support as we are all excited together to watch Connor Bedard's rookie season get underway. Segment two, picking up where I left off at, I do want to get into kind of uh, what I believe are my expectations for Seth Jones entering his third season with the Chicago Blackhawks and ultimately what I believe would make this season successful for him. And as far as the expectations go, I think the biggest thing that most of us fans are looking for is just ultimately sturdier play from Seth, from Seth Jones um, leaving the defensive zone and in the defensive zone. I think those are probably the two biggest issues for him, right? Sometimes he gets a little bit soft in coverage. He can play too deep. He'll have defensive zone breakdowns from time to time. Sometimes there just isn't that consistency that you need from a guy you want as your staple on D. And also I think sometimes he can get caught up um, trying to do too much in transition, which you know, at the same time, he is one of those defensemen who has a lot of success entering the offensive zone with the puck and jumping up on rushes. Those are some of the best things, best parts of Seth Jones's game. And ultimately that is going to come at a price, especially when he's on the ice so often. He is susceptible to making bad reads, bad turnovers, bad giveaways. I think tightening those up, limiting the mistakes and becoming just a little bit more responsible, especially when I know, Seth, that's your bread and butter is to go up ice and get involved, but we got some of that coming up in Kevin Korchinski. Wyatt Kaiser, that's another part of his game is playing with the puck and the speed and the skill game too. You know, Seth Jones, I think we need him as tough as it may be, and who knows, maybe this is an issue, but we need him to be a little bit stronger defensively if he's going to be playing with Wyatt Kaiser as well. Um, So I think just tying everything or sturdying everything up in those areas a little bit or or probably where I'm going to the most. And I also think just being reliable is going to be such an important factor. I kind of already mentioned this, but having those young defensemen alongside him, just being a reliable option and a guy that is confident out there in himself and other people are confident in as well. I think that's really going to be a big factor. So just kind of cleaning things up a little bit more. And 
I think just focusing on having the best defensive season in his three years here in Chicago, I think that's kind of my expectations for Jones in terms of what would make this a successful season is if we see some adjustments and just tightening things up and becoming a little bit more reliable in those areas. Um, I also think, you know, this Blackhawks team is going to have more playmakers than they've had really since um, I mean, I guess Patrick Kane, Alex to bring it his first year, but certainly compared to last season, Connor Bedard obviously is going to come in. They bring in Taylor Hall. They should have, have a little bit more help on the back end too, right? So I think it's really important for Seth to continue doing what he does best at the same time in the offensive zone um, and, and being a guy who's a very gifted passer. I know the assist numbers were down last year, but if you look at the analytics, the passing and the offensive zone entries are, are really what he still did a very good job at. And he's actually even pretty decent at denying um, entries into his own zone. It's just when he's, you know, a little bit too deep and in coverage, he can get a little bit soft. That's where we start to get into some issues with him, but the playmaking, I think, you know, even though the numbers don't show it, I think just continuing to build off of that and um, being more of a threat in the offensive zone too on the power play. Um, I think, if teams don't know, they're going to find out that Connor Bedard has one of the best shots in the entire NHL. And it looks like he could be playing on that right-hand side where he can pull off that curl and drag, but defenders are going to have to, you know, they're going to have to protect that shooting lane and that's going to cause open lanes for other players. And I think Seth Jones at the point is going to have a lot more opportunities, a lot more open shots from the blue line than he's had in the past, or at least someone is going to on that Blackhawks power play with the amount of respect that I believe Connor Bedard is going to get. So I think really being a bigger weapon and factor on the power play is where I really want to see Seth strive this year, because I think that's an area where the Chicago Blackhawks could be pretty good. Taylor Hall, Connor Bedard, you could have Taylor Radish in front of the net, maybe Andreas Athanasius out there, or uh, I, I don't know who it's going to be, but there's a lot of talent that's going to be on the ice for the Blackhawks power play, especially compared to last season. My expectations are Seth Jones for him to take another leap in that area on the man advantage. I think that's what would make this a successful season as well. So yeah, really coming down to it, I think, you know, just playing a bit better defensively, continuing to become more of a leader and just being more reliable, more confident in his game and also confident in his teammates as well. Add some more assists, um, take advantage of the open lanes that he's going to get playing, you know, uh, offensive minded role in a lot of ice time and power play time. Take advantage of that. Help your team out. Become another weapon that defenses have to respect in the shooting lane. I think Seth Jones is going to get a lot of opportunities. And if he does all those things, I really think it's going to make for a successful season. And that's what would make for his best season I believe so far as in a, uh, as a whole here in Chicago. And then just for, you know, for fun, um, I don't really like putting numbers behind anything. And, you know, I don't want, if Seth doesn't reach these numbers, I don't want to say it's a failure, um, but these are just kind of the numbers that I believe he is capable of putting up with this Blackhawks team this season. Uh, he scored 12 goals for the Hawks last year. I talked about how that was tied for the second most in his 10-year NHL career. I think double digits is realistic for Seth Jones to hit once again this season. Even though I did mention that 6.7 shooting percentage he had last year, tied for the second highest of his career, it's probably a little bit too high, maybe a little bit of an outlier, could shoot like 5.5%. 5 but again, he's just going to get so many opportunities. He's still going to be out there in a lot of situations. I have Seth Jones penciled down for 11 goals this season. Then the 46 assists that he had in his first year with the Blackhawks, I do think that's 
um, achievable, but I'm not going to go ahead and say that that's what I think is going to happen. But I do think he's certainly going to have more than the 25 we saw from him last season. I have Seth Jones penciled down at 11 goals, 39 assists for 50 points. That would be, um, I believe, his the third highest point production of his year. Yes, because he had five goals and 46 assists, 51 points in his first year here with Chicago. I think all the opportunities that he's going to get, those are very capable numbers. I have him penciled in for five power play goals as well. He had two for the Blackhawks last year, none the year before that. I really do think that's something that they're going to be drilling him on if he does get that opportunity uh, to still be quarterbacking that top unit. And I, I really do think that's going to be a focal point for Seth Jones. So I have him at five power play goals while averaging 24 minutes and 30 seconds of time on ice. All right, folks, there is Seth Jones's season preview for the 2023-2024 campaign. Coming up in just a moment, I will talk about two young prospects for the Blackhawks shining during their scrimmage this morning at training camp. But first, I need to talk to you all. Got to pull this up. I apologize about Jace Medical. And I need to talk to you all about the Jace case. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And that's why Jace Medical offers you the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in the need of an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in your hand at all times. And Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication, delivery, ongoing consultation, and care. So don't get caught unprepared. You can also save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the code LOCKDOWN at checkout at jacemedical.com. Again, that's the code LOCKDOWN in all caps at jasemedical.com, promo code LOCKDOWN. All right, before I wrap things up and let you all go and enjoy the rest of your Mondays, I most certainly have to talk about what went down during, uh, I guess, the start of week two of Blackhawks training camp. You could say it hasn't been a full week yet, but the second week that they are involved in training camp. And for the first time at training camp this year, we saw the Blackhawks roll out uh, a scrimmage, team scrimmage, inter-squad scrimmage down at Fifth Third Arena. Kind of the, you know, you, you watch through the practices and the drills and everything you do for these first couple of days. And I talked about this on the show. It's kind of hard to have any grand takeaways away from, you know, the line combinations or the defensive pairings or anything of that sort. It's, it's a little bit hard to have, you know, true takeaways that you feel confident in, or you, you know them to be not just a one-off situation, right? It's a little bit tricky, but you kind of can get a grasp of some things a little bit more, uh, in situations like these where they go head-to-head and scrimmage against one another in a more competitive type of setting. And I think just one thing I want to reiterate to all fans, not even just Blackhawks fans, but you know, training camp is really a learning process for kind of everyone. I know the coaching staff and um, the team already have a little bit of a set lineup going into the year, but as far as us fans go and everything, um, we're still learning on the fly about the mindsets, the mentalities, the tinkering and all that stuff, but we get a little bit more concrete evidence in situations like these, like scrimmages like these. And it was a very important day, a very fun day for us Chicago Blackhawks fans, because the two standouts 
of the showcase or the showcase, excuse me, the scrimmage this morning were none other than they're probably two, at least two of the top three prospects in their entire system in Connor Bedard and Lucas Reichel, who scored two of the, or each scored two goals, excuse me. They combined for four of the five goals scored in the scrimmage. Team Red ultimately ended up winning three to two, thanks to Connor Bedard's second of the game, which ended up being uh, the game winner. But what an incredible showing from both of them. Uh, Lucas Reichel was the one who really got things started. Um, well, actually, Mackenzie Entwistle opened up the scoring uh, very early on in the scrimmage and put Team Red ahead one nothing. But Lucas Reichel came right back for his first of the game, uh, and then his second was an absolute dazzler, um, taking the puck and deking all around Paul Ludwinski and then just going bar down for an absolute snipe. And he was just clearly so confident and so poised in his abilities out there on the ice. And this version of Lucas Reichel should be very, very scary for other NHL teams. And I don't know what happened in that final NHL stint of his last year, but it's very obvious that something clicked and now he just feels like he has the understanding. He has the knowledge and knows that he's capable of playing at a high level against the best players in the world and just seems to be so much more assertive and so much more of the aggressor out there. Whereas his first couple of stints, he was just a little passive and a little tentative and unsure of himself in certain spots where you got to make these quick fire decisions Lucas Reichel is doing all of that right now, and he looked like he was the best player on the ice for the Blackhawks during the scrimmage this morning. It was certainly special, and I could not be more excited for the start of the season. Obviously, uh, Connor Bedard has had all of us Blackhawks fans excited for a long time. Don't forget about this Lucas Reichel kid because his speed, his playmaking abilities, what he can do in transition and in the offensive zone is really, really special. And what I also love to hear from him today um, was talking about how, you know, he's really trying to be more assertive out there on the ice. He recognizes that sometimes there's just situations where you have to go and fire the biscuit on net and you got to just put your head down and rip it. And he's got a really good shot. I feel like he's still learning that on the fly himself as well, that he can be a shooter in this league and it seems like he's got all the tools to be a really good playmaker on top of it. Uh, he's getting the opportunity to play the second line center position as of right now, but really curious as to whether or not the Blackhawks ever want to tinker him with Connor Bedard on the same line. What am I talking about? Lucas Reichel is going to be on the top power play unit. I don't know how I forgot his name in there when I was talking about Seth Jones. Uh, Lucas Reichel is going to be a very important piece of the Blackhawks power play unit. I'm sure something that he really didn't do much of last year, which was a little bit of a head scratcher, um, but how aggressive and how assertive he is. That's what really stood out about Lucas Reichel. And you saw it on the ice. You heard him say it after the game. He was playing with purpose during the scrimmage today and he scored uh, both goals for team white. And the second one was an absolute beauty, but then coming back for team red was the 2023 number one overall pick. Connor Bedard said, not so fast, Lucas Reichel. This is still my show. Went on to tie the game uh, two to two with uh, a beautiful goal, beautiful pass by Taylor Hall, who great to see back and healthy, I guess not back and healthy out there and healthy uh, made his first appearance at Blackhawks training camp on Saturday morning was dealing with a lower body injury, but Coach Luke Richardson told us it was nothing too serious to worry about and great to see him as I expected on that top line, getting an opportunity right out of the gate 
with Connor Bedard and, you know, their connections seem to be really good all throughout today's scrimmage. And um, <clears throat> Halsey set up Bedard backdoor for a uh, beautiful feed. And then his second goal was an absolute clapper of a one-timer. Again, coming from Taylor Hall, they had a two-on-one coming down the offensive zone. Hall actually lost it, but regained the puck in the corner and found Connor Bedard all alone for a one-timer. That wound up being the game winner to give uh, Team Red the 3-2 to two dub. But another thing that I was really impressed about with Connor Bedard today, not only you know scoring two goals in his first semi-NHL kind of action, obviously it's an inter-squad scrimmage. It doesn't count the same, but... Against grown men, he looked very solid. He was flying around out there, playing with the puck a lot. Uh, he actually made a bad turnover before scoring the game-winning goal, fortunate enough to get it back. But what I was really impressed by with um, with Connor Bedard today was we know about the goal scoring, we know about the sniping and the curl and drag and how hard he can shoot it. I love his game recognition. He knows where to go out there on the ice. He knows where the open spots are. And believe it or not, sometimes he gets lost in coverage. I don't know how... You know, defenders can't be keeping an eye on him at all times, but he finds those soft little spots in those open little areas. He knows how uh, not only to create space when he has the puck on his stick, but how to find space without it. And I think that's a really important attribute of a good goal scorer. Something like Alex Dabrinkit is really good at, you know, despite being five foot seven, one of the best snipers in the league. It's because he does a really good job at finding those soft spots in the defensive's coverage. And I thought Connor Bedard did a really good job of that all throughout the scrimmage. So excellent stuff from the first scrimmage of Blackhawks training camp at Fifth Third Arena. Lucas Reichel looked like an absolute stud. He had two goals. Connor Bedard looked like an absolute stud. He had two goals and the game winner as well. Excited to see more of these scrimmages throughout the entirety of this week at Blackhawks training camp. Before I let you all go, I do want to talk about the line combinations that we've seen because, you know, based on how these teams were split up, you kind of get an idea, and even throughout the first couple of days last week at camp, you're starting to get an idea of what the lines are looking like at this very point in time. So I wanted to be sure to run through the, all of that with you before I kind of wrap things up here. Um, of course, Taylor Hall, Connor Bedard are getting the opportunity together on the top line. Ryan Donato, funny enough, ended up sticking around. And quite honestly, you know, before Hall was able to practice, it was uh, Tyler Johnson, Connor Bedard, and Ryan Donato. And I figured whenever Hall was going to be able to go, Donato would probably be the one to get the bump and Johnson would stay. But that hasn't been the case thus far. And I think that's going to be another interesting thing to keep an eye on. This was obviously a storyline that I mentioned on uh, the last uh, episode last week, I believe. Who's going to get a chance to play with Connor Bedard? Is Ryan Donato going to wind up sticking there? Um, I don't know if he quite honestly has the offense to keep up with those two, but the fact is he can provide you with a little bit of a different thing um, and let those two kind of handle the skill side. He does have a skill game as well, but it's not a top line skill game. So curious to see if he's going to wind up sticking there. As far as the second line goes, we've seen Lucas Reichel remain in between Andreas Athanasiu and Philip Kurashev, another guy who I feel like probably isn't a top sixer, but is getting a chance there right now. Interesting to see if he's going to stick that out. And I like Reichel and Athanasiu opening things up together because they showed a lot of good things on the same line late last season. It appears that Tyler Johnson and uh, Taylor Radish find themselves on the third line right now. Radish is quite honestly a guy I'd like to see get a, get a crack on that top line with Bedard because of his goal scoring ability too. 
Um, but those are the two wingers right now on the third line in between Cole Gutman, another guy who's getting a chance to play down the middle here early on in training camp. We'll see if he can hold on to that third line spot. And then it seems pretty clear that Nick Foligno, Jason Dickinson, and Corey Perry, those last two were actually teammates in the uh, with the Dallas Stars together a few years back. It seems pretty clear cut that they're the fourth line for the Blackhawks right now, which means that Boris Kachuk, Mackenzie Entwistle, and Joey Anderson all seem like the odd men out, along with Reese Johnson, too. And I think this is kind of curious because, and this is a, a, an interesting question for the Chicago Blackhawks. Obviously, Felino and Perry, you bring them in to play every day. Um, but Kachuk and, you know, Entwistle and Anderson, they, they showed some good things together late last year, and they're both a little bit younger, still a little bit unknown. Obviously, that comes with risks, but... Um, just clearly there's not a spot for all three of those guys to be in the lineup at the same time right now, but they actually did look really good in this scrimmage. I mentioned Mackenzie Entwistle had a goal. He narrowly missed out on another, um, and all three of those guys are pushing for roster spots right now. It seems at this point, like they're going to be the extras, but, um, it's certainly going to be a battle these next few weeks before the start of the season. And then on the back end, Wyatt Kaiser remained with Seth Jones today for team red, uh, seems like it's going to be his opportunity unless someone outperforms him the rest of camp or um, some other situation happens, but feels like he's uh, the best bet to open up the year on the left side with Seth Jones at this point in time. Kevin Korchinski has remained with Connor Murphy. Those two play together, and um, I, I just keep ultimately thinking, though, that Kevin Korchinski is going back to Seattle, folks. Um, a couple defensive blunders during the scrimmage today. He let Connor Bedard get behind him for uh, that back end tap in that was his uh, first of the game, and I just think there are just still some rooms, still some room for him to grow in certain areas, and there's still no rush for this Blackhawks team. So that's what I'm guessing. But for as long as he's here, it seems like he's going to be playing with uh, a defensive staple in Connor Murphy, and then Alex Vlasic and Nikita Zaitsev kind of seem to be uh, the favorites as the third pairing right now. Um, Zaitsev. You know, we kind of need him on the right-hand side if Kaiser's not going to be there. So um, if he's going to be in the lineup, it's going to be on that third pairing. And then Vlasic is someone who I thought was going to get that first crack with um, Seth Jones, but obviously Kaiser's higher than him in the pecking order at this point in time. We'll be curious to see if he gets a bump up to that second pairing if Korchinski's not around. But those seem like the top six at this point in time. Uh, and then the extra man, you would have to guess, is Jared Tenorti, a veteran guy that they brought back. And interestingly enough, he's been playing with Nolan Allen a lot. And the hype behind Nolan Allen has been pretty real here in this training camp. And I'll be the first one to admit it. This is a guy that I've never really been particularly high on until the last year. And um, Luke Richardson has spoken really highly of him. And so much so that even Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times said, Richardson's making it seem like Allen still has a crack to make the, the Blackhawks opening night lineup. Maybe... Um, ahead of someone like Alex Vlasic if he continues to shine. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be true, but seems like there's a lot of love right now for a guy like Nolan Allen. So certainly curious to keep an eye on him as camp progresses. But with his ascension, with Kaiser's ascension, and with Vlasic, you know, being in that top six, it really feels like Isaac Phillips is set to kind of be an odd man out to open up the year. He continues to skate with Philip Ruse. Uh, and then Ethan Dalmastro and Louis Clevier could be a defensive pairing that's being set up for the Rockford Ice Hogs. So there are the lines and pairings that we saw the Blackhawks roll with during their scrimmage today. I believe they are scrimmaging again tomorrow. We'll see if it's another show from Connor Bedard and Lucas Reichel. 
All right, folks, I think that is going to take care of business for today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to go and subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Do me a favor, go and follow at Jack Bushman 2 on Twitter and go and follow my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey. And that way you can get all the latest news and updates on the Chicago Blackhawks. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.